Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Support for this podcast comes from HealthNetics. Do you have nagging aches and pains from your younger, more athletic days? HealthNetics CBD is a premium brand CBD that may help take care of aches and pains as well as relieve anxiety and sleeplessness. HealthNetics products are all natural, THC-free, made in the USA, and undergo third-party lab testing to ensure quality and purity. All CBD is not the same. Order today with a money-back guarantee at HealthNetics.com and use promo code SPORTS for 20% off. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What does your morning sound like? Goodbye, baby. She's finally asleep. Hi, welcome to McDonald's. Can I get a sausage, egg, and cheese McGriddles? Mm. Here's to making your morning routine a little better with a delicious breakfast from McDonald's. Mix and match two of your favorites for just $4. The Sausage McMuffin with Egg and the Sausage Egg and Cheese McGriddles. Prices and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. Single item at regular price. What's better than this? Guys being dudes. What is better than this? Guys being dudes here on the Draft Dudes Podcast. I am Joe Marino of NDT Scouting and Fan Rag Sports, joined as always by Kyle Krabs, who's the founder and director of scouting at NDT Scouting and also of Fan Rag Sports. We're the Draft Dudes Podcast, and it's a Wednesday here on the show. We've got a fun show prepared for you. But before we get into that, Kyle, my man, look, we got to start this new thing on the podcast. And and anytime either one of us does something that that revokes your dude card, we have to to bring it out. And, and I have a reason to revoke your dude card, and that is because when Kyle and I were, you know, just kind of goofing around for uh, 45 minutes before we started recording this podcast, somewhere in that time frame, I found out that Kyle Krabs has no idea who Topanga is. And Kyle, like, what, what, what the heck, man? Sounds like a skin balm. Topanga. <laughs> what? What? I don't know what to tell you. Like you just don't you're just drawing blanks. You have no idea who Topanga is. No. No, I do you, 
Do you know who Kelly Kapowski is? No. Kyle, did you watch TV as a kid, man? This is yeah, this I, is what, Joe. You go have ahead. to remember you are you're in a different age demographic <laughs> than I am. Okay, I am technically a millennial. I don't think you classify being <laughs> okay. born in '86. <laughs> um. So you never watched Boy Meets World or Saved by the Bell? No. The only character I know from either one of those shows is Mr. Feeney. Oh, well, uh, I don't even know what to say um, other than I'm surprised. I think you're the first person I've ever spoke to that uh, doesn't know these people. And um, you know, I, I, I only watch good programming. Yeah, and I think I – think the, the listeners are going to be adding you on Twitter based on not knowing who Topanga and Kelly Kapowski is. That's I mean, that fair. was like, that was like the, you know, you're growing up, you're elementary, middle school. These are the, these are the hot chicks, man. These were the ones dude. But, uh, uh, you, you, you're <laughs> you not showing. I don't know, man. I don't know. I am curious to hear people on Twitter respond to us about, uh, their opinions of Kyle not knowing Topanga and Kelly Kapowski. Uh, so I, I know that people are, are here to listen to us talk about the NFL draft. So we ought to get to that, my man. Uh, yeah, I think. I think. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what keeps to keep coming back, but we do keep talking about the NFL draft, so that must be it. All right, so I guess we should probably talk about the fact that you were at the uh, UNC Pro Day yesterday to, to watch Mitchell Trubisky sling the pigskin around. I was, and uh, it's interesting the whole Mitchell Mitch thing. He he addressed that right away in his press conference. He's like, he's like, man, my they asked me what like my given name was, and I said Mitchell, and that's what my mom preferred me to go by. And he's like, I don't care if you call me Mitch, Mitchell, it doesn't matter. Oh, so Mitch lives, baby. Mitch Mitch lives. He and actually one of the uh, the the reporters in the room said to him, "Are you okay with being?" called money mitch trubisky and he said that's fine He's, he was good with that so he doesn't take himself that seriously call him call him mitch call him mitchell and he said the whole thing was overblown but his mom was happy and you know what if you do something to make your mom happy that's probably a stock good thing. up baby stock that's, a, that's up. a stock up move right there mother knows best yeah man so so from what i hear and, and there was some conflicting reports about the pro day and mitch Money Mitch's performance, that's, that's my go-to now is Money Mitch. Uh, as far as how he threw the football, uh, as somebody who was there, um, first of all, c- c- do you have a guessment on what the, the actual attendance was for press, NFL, and both combined? And why was there this disparity between uh, whether he threw the ball well or whether he did not throw the ball well? All 32 teams were there. No head coaches. Uh, I think three general managers, including John Litch of the uh, 49ers, uh, Kevin um, Colbert of the uh, Steelers, and I can't remember the other, and then uh, 75 total NFL personnel men and 50 media members. So uh, pretty good group on hand. Um, Elite company it- for Joe Marino. Yeah, yeah, and then myself, you know, I was there, so it was uh, it was good. It was a good group. Um, yeah, it's it's weird to me the conflicting reports on how well Mitch Trubisky looked. Uh, I was uh, right there on the sideline, standing, watching this 
this workout. And, uh, you know, look, if you went into this thing expecting to see John Elway, well, that's not what you got. And if you expected that, then you had the wrong expectation going in. He came out there, and I thought he did a really nice job of being accurate uh, to all levels of the field. He really put the ball on his targets. You know, I mean, if you had bad ball skills, if you weren't willing to get your hands up and secure the ball, you know, you weren't going to look good as a receiver because he was putting it on them. He was leading his guys into space. And, uh, you know, the whole thing was rhythmic. I thought it was clean. Uh, I counted nine footballs that hit the ground. Six were drops. Three that I pin against Trubisky for overthrows. Two on vertical routes and one on a rollout to the right where he just didn't quite snap it, snap his hips through the throw and, and it got away from him a little bit. Uh, but uh, other than that, I thought it was very clean. He was accurate. Put the ball where he wanted to. Had control of things. And I thought he did what he needed to do and helped himself. Um, you know, I, I, I think the uh, the conflicting reports are confusing to me. Mike Mayock of NFL Network, all of his comments and, and uh, about the performance were very much in sync with what I saw. And um, I, I think it might be an issue of of the way that they're interpreting the pro day. I interpreted the throws as, you know, Mitch is leading his guys into space and, you know, they need, need to adjust and show burst at the top of the route to get to the football. And I guess these guys are saying that they had to readjust to get to the ball. I, I, I didn't see that. Uh, I watch every throw um, very intently and, um, you know, I feel good about what he put out there on the field. And uh, I thought he did what he needed to do to, to display his arm talent. Yeah. Uh, can we talk about how jealous I am, though? Because, I mean, to be fair, I did call Mitch first. I just don't understand how you got the call here. Oh, you know, Kyle, it, it was weird without you there, man. Um, I felt like you should have been there. Um, and, uh, you know, I would like to have someone else to to sit here and, and back up what I'm saying. Obviously, Mike Mayock said said the same thing, so I feel pretty good about well, that. Well, that's but, all you um, need. That's, that's really all I need. The only bone I have to pick with Mike so far this year is this whole uh, Cam Robinson is a guard thing that just will mm. not go away. Like, I'm I'm seeing so much of it that he has heavy feet and he can't protect the edge. And uh, I don't know what film guys are watching to come away with that impression. Uh, I think it maybe comes back to... Uh, the same thing that where Obi people thought Obi Melifanu wasn't fast. If you're a larger person, your strides and steps take a greater amount of distance, and that doesn't necessarily mean that you are clunky if you're able to temper your stride length and step frequency. But uh, for somebody like Robinson, a lot of his deeper pass sets and, and getting onto his platform and, and his, into his kick slide – he takes those long steps, but he has such a long reach and wingspan, and he does well, by and large, of sustaining that post leg, that interior leg, up to prevent conceding extra space for rushers to come back and work back inside his face. He uh, he, he just misses his punches sometimes, and so that's really the technical issue that I really take exception with, but it has nothing to do with his feet. Yeah, it's interesting. I think it's just a narrative that built itself based on, you know, maybe some preconceived notions. Uh, I remember watching Alabama games this season and thinking, oh, you know what, Cam Robinson's not playing that well. And that goes back to what we've said before, that in-season scouting's good, but the true 
you know, the, the true the truth within the tape comes from the deep dive. When you rip off five, six games in a row, every snap, focusing on one player, and you get the you get the real story. And I came away very impressed with what I saw on tape. I like him quite a bit. Uh, I think there's some points that you made well about his technical issues. I also thought that his feet would deaden the, uh, from time to time. He'd get a little bit flat-footed. Uh, but it's not a foot speed issue. It's not an athleticism or movement skills. It's just some technical stuff. Uh, absolutely no reason not to play this guy on the left side at offensive tackle. And, uh, you know, that's something that I don't agree with Mike Mayock on. And, um, uh, you know, it's it's something that um, I, I think th- I don't think we're going to see him playing guard in the NFL. I really don't. Yeah, uh, and I think once he gets a chance to, to play there, uh, I think that's going to stick. I don't think that's going to be an issue for him. Yeah. Speaking of, of Mayock, right, while we're just fresh on him, uh, he had his most recent top fives come out today, and I'm not sure if you got a chance to take a look at that, but the big, the big notable piece of that was his number one safety is not Jamal Adams. It's not Malik Hooker. It's not Obi Melifonwu. It's Jabril Peppers, safety one, on March 20th for Mike Mayock. What do you think, Kyle? What's up with that? Yeah, and, and Mike's not as much of a forecaster as some of the other guys in, in big draft media are, so that really raises an eyebrow for me. Um, to date, you know, I've done 273 three players somewhere in that ballpark around 275 and I've only really done uh, about 12 of the safeties so Joe you and I have a class of 22 safeties that we're looking at in this year's watch list and looking through the names that I have rated above Jabril Peppers uh, Jamal Adams, Buda Baker, Malik Hooker, Eddie Jackson and uh, that is it. So Peppers is a fringe five for me. But I think the distance between Adams and Baker as my top two uh, to Peppers is further where I think those guys are better players than what the distance is from Peppers to the next tier down, which is uh, a name that we have. Neither one of us has talked about a single iota on the show and that's Josh Jones from NC State. Uh, so I don't see the Peppers one trend. I'm interested in maybe seeing if he elaborates in that a little bit, gives us some context with an article or something that he heard, or or what the catalyst was for this shift, because it's... And I know Mike has gotten hit for this a couple times in years past as far as changing your ratings this late in the board and shuffling your board around and, and your position rankings. And uh, I, I just think if he just happened to just now get around to Jabril Peppers tape, then Hey, you know, it is what it is. You know, everybody starts somewhere. Maybe he starts at quarterbacks, works his way down for by position. Uh, but safety one is a really hard sell for me just because so much of what he did at Michigan. And I actually had a question on this. I'm glad you brought this up. Um, I'll elaborate once I finish my thought here. I think what he did at Michigan does not have uh, a direct correlation like eight times out of ten. Yeah, I certainly don't buy in as Pepper's safety one. For me, he's my fourth 
highest film score. Um, so there's other other numbers that need to go into that to get my final grade. Um, but uh, from film, he's fourth, and you know he's not he's not really in position to challenge for uh, one or two, which is going to be firmly be Jamal Adams and Buda Baker. Yeah, and just to circle back on that question that I had had, somebody was confused. Uh, I was talking up Hassan Reddick and, and talking up the versatility that he has. And the question that I had, and I thought it was a good one, was uh, why is it that Hassan Reddick has versatility and it's a good thing, but Jabril Peppers has versatility and it's a bad thing? And it's not the fact that they're both versatile players that makes one projection more difficult than the other. It's the frequency and quality of the parallels to what you're going to be asking that player to do at the NFL level. So say, for example, Hassan Reddick. If you watch the USF game, uh, he plays a number of snaps off the ball in a traditional off-ball linebacker position and he's consistently flowing quickly, he's processing plays, he's playing off of traffic, and he's closing on the ball. He's rallying to the football. Whereas Peppers, his linebacker stuff is a lot of squatting on the second level, flat-footed reads, which is fine, but it's all space stuff where he's kind of flexed out, he's halfway between his guard or, or tight end, and the slot receiver kind of using landmarks to get himself out into space and then relying on athleticism to close on the ball. So it's more of a, okay, this is what he's doing and doing well versus what is he going to have to be more consistent at at the next level. And just with Redick, I saw a lot more cleanliness with his one-to-one correlation NFL snaps than what I did from Peppers. It's interesting. We've got we've got a few guys, handful of guys this year, where we're really projecting them to play a different position than they did in the NF uh, in college. Peppers being one, Hassan Reddick being another, uh, and then look at uh, like Josh Harvey Clemens, you know, a guy who kind of played safety. We're projecting him to play linebacker. Josh Caraway. Uh, really kind of play defensive end at TCU. I'm projecting him to play off the ball. So, um, you know, one thing that I kind of learned my lesson with a little bit was Anthony Barr. I always go back to him. Um, I didn't like him very much as a, you know, hand of the dirt defensive end, but I didn't have the creativity to think about him playing in a different position. And I feel like that's something that I've grown from. Uh, And I'm not, you know, so much well you know we're asking him to do things he's never done and it's 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 really a, a guesswork type thing you have to evaluate the traits and and see if they project to those other positions and if they do if the size is there you know if they if they fit your prototypes and what they do on tape suggests that they can win in other areas. Well, then I think as evaluators, we have to open up some creativity to try to, to fit these guys into different positions uh, that ultimately match what they offer in terms of size and athleticism. Yeah, that's, that's perfectly fair. And I know you've done that as well this year with someone like Jordan Willis out of Kansas state where, okay, his inline stuff, his tight alignment stuff, uh, he really struggles with because uh, when he's inside eye to outside eye of offensive tackles, he just he doesn't know how to work those angles. Uh, he's too linear uh, in a bad way, where he's he's very wide sweeping angles trying to to uh, 
take a straight line path and beat a guy all the way around before you turn and start to pressure versus you know, playing with leverage and using the inside arm to, to create torque and turn and offensive tackles, body positioning and uh, work your way around a, a steeper angle. Uh, so maybe, and, and I actually am starting to really warm on this idea of, okay, we play him in space. You can play him as a stand-up rush linebacker. You can play him as a, as a, a wide nine alignment. You can play him off the ball as an Anthony Barr-style player as far as the athleticism that he's illustrated. Uh, it's just going to make for a longer transition to the NFL. But at the same time, I would rather make a play on the athletic upside than play him somewhere that you know he's not going to be able to corner and win with consistency. Yeah, that's uh, going. Hey, we're seeing eye to eye there, Kyle. You know, I'm not sure if you've got a chance to look at these guys yet, but what's up with this Colorado secondary, man? They have some studs back there. You know, I, I got a chance recently to watch. Well, I've already seen Chidobia Woozy, their their outside corner. I like him quite a bit. But in the last week, I've gotten a chance to do a deep dive on the film for Akello Witherspoon and Tedrick Thompson. And these guys, man, these guys are plus coverage guys, outstanding ball skills and, and guys that are ready from a coverage perspective to come in and play in the NFL. I really wish I'd paid more attention to Colorado in season because I feel like I'm a little bit late uh, on noticing these guys. But, man, you know, like Washington secondary is awesome. Ohio State secondary is awesome. But, Colorado's right there, man. They got some studs on the on the back end, and uh, you know, from a coverage perspective, these guys are really, really good. Have you got a chance to see any of these guys, or, or not yet? I, I just did a woozy on Monday night, and I'll tell you what, they have some size back there too. Yeah, uh, yeah. Witherspoon at at six two and three quarters, one ninety eight, uh, long thirty three inch arms. Uh, Awuzie's a little more stocky. I wouldn't say he's small. Five uh, eleven and seven eighths, two o two. His arm length is going to be a problem for some teams at thirty inches, uh, just over thirty and a half inches. So, uh, if you like length, the Awuzie's going to hurt himself and knock himself for you. Uh, I can't speak to Thompson. I can't speak to uh, Witherspoon as far as their actual film assessments have not done those two but I will say from a woozy standpoint I'm a little torn on where I want him uh, I, I was a little underwhelmed with some of his uh, tackling near the line of scrimmage his run support and ability to play off of blocks was an issue his lack of length is going to be an issue playing in phase and from hip pocket of receivers uh, I think he's gonna have to be like a nickel slot guy for me um, his tackling's much better at the catch point. Does well to ensure he has contact on the receiver first before trying to play the ball. Uh, but he's got nice ball skills. I think he had like 34 passes broken up or something like that over the course of his career uh, at Colorado. Uh, really productive player. Only had three interceptions. But yeah, 34 passes broken up in his time there. Uh, so I was really impressed with his ball skills. I think he can place a man-to-man. Uh, he's just a little soft, softer than you would like to see for a guy over 200 pounds uh, against bigger receivers. But uh, did like him relatively. I think he's he's a potential late day two, early day three type target for somebody in, as a nickel kind of guy. Uh, you know, let me let me chime in there. If you thought a woozy was uh, below average in run support tackling. He is 
leaps and bounds ahead of Thompson and uh, Witherspoon. Oh no, those guys, those guys, man. <laughs> <laughs> so no, you're telling no, me they're not going to be confused with your Brill Peppers? Oh no, no, no! Uh, I um, noticed that I kept saying in coverage, in coverage, in coverage, because these guys are oh god, just it's so disappointing because they don't lack size; they just lack right. any desire to make a tackle. It's 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 really disappointing. Uh, so a woozy, you know. He looks like Ronnie Lott compared to those guys. So uh, I'll be curious. That is circle quite back. the pedestal that you've just put, no, put those just, two on just, as far as a just, lack of support. Just wait until you see these guys come downhill and, and, and try to make a tackle. Just right. just wait. Speaking of long corners, I have a quick question for you. Um, have you been able to look at Kevin King from Washington yet? I have done Kevin King. It, is he anywhere near a top five corner in this class? Oh, not in this class. Uh, yeah. No, there's other, yeah, there's other corners I like. I don't not like Kevin King, I, but I he's not top. No, I don't dislike him either. I think in the right scheme and, and you know, teams that like and use that length and play him up on the line of scrimmage or have him play a deep third, uh, he can be a very productive player. But I, I just saw that he's, I think it was Mike's, Mike Mayox, uh, he's CB, CB3, mm-hmm. and that, to me, uh, Marshawn Lattimore, Fabian Moreau, uh, Tredavious White, Garyon Conley, uh, Marlon Humphrey. Humphrey, Adoree Jackson, Sidney Jones, even with the injury, Desmond King in zone zone defenses, uh, Quincy Wilson, Tease Tabor, Cordrea Tankersley. Like, I would rather have all of those guys, respectively, than Kevin King. And again, that's not a knock on King because this is just an abnormally deep class. But King for me is a late day two kind of corner. He's, he's nowhere near that conversation for me. Yeah. I, I, um, he grades about there for me as well. Plays under his weight class as a tackler as well. He's another one of those guys. Um, and I thought he had some weight distribution with his, uh, with his backpedal where, uh, he will, uh, a lot of hesitation when he's transitioning. Um, so, um, you know, I don't think he's quite as, as smooth um, or as physical as a tackler as, you know, I think maybe others think he is. Kyle, let's uh, let's look at uh, some of these running backs, man. I've been I've actually done all the running backs, right? So this is exciting. It's my first position group that's fully complete. Congrats. And uh, thank you, thank you. It's it's great. Um, so I always like to kind of look at tiers, right? So we've got the Dalvin Cook, uh, you know, the, the Christian McCaffrey. I'm talking about three down running backs, right? Yep. Uh, those two guys, and we then I think you have like we have three of them in this class, by the way. Uh, who's the other one? Camara? No. Come on. Leonard? No. Oh, Joe Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon. <laughs> All right, so if those are tier one, just hypothetical. We don't have to get too nitpicky with this. And then your tier two guys are like, uh, you know, Jeremy McNichols type guys like that. And then, like, what do you think about this Aaron Jones from UTEP? I, I got a chance to do his film, and um, I think he's like, you get 75% of those other guys in, in Aaron Jones, but you take him four or five rounds later. You you uh, get a chance to see him and have any uh, any takes on him? Yes, I have the, the full running back gambit done as well. Um, gonna we we have 24 guys jones is probably gonna end up like 17 18 out of that group 
Uh, fun player, for sure. Uh, in a vacuum, he scored as a uh, mid-day three caliber back for me. I think that the depth of this class is really going to hurt him uh, and, and drag his, his draft assessment down. But he, he's got fresh legs and uh, came out early this year and uh, he played well against almost everybody that they played against. I know they had some notable games uh, on the schedule, uh, UTEP did, and, and he performed well and was productive. And uh, I, I would liken him to the cheaper version of Jeremy McNichols in this class, as, as a name that you had already mentioned. Yeah, that's uh, that's kind of where I thought. I said, well, if you wanted Jeremy McNichols in the fourth round, and you know, you can get. Aaron Jones later, you know, I think you're getting a lot of the similar qualities. No standout trait in any one area, but just kind of really solid across the board. And, um, you know, he was a, he was a pleasant surprise. We're kind of getting to the point. I know you're pushing, you know, 275 evaluations. I'm in the 200. So we're, we're, we've seen the, the best guys, right? And so it's you kind of get to this point where you're kind of seeing middling prospects uh, to, you know, you know, bottom bottom of the barrel type guys, and you see a guy like Aaron Jones, and uh, he was he stood out for me as a as a fun player, and you know, a guy that if you're looking for a sleeper, you know, type guy, I think you uh, you can do a whole lot worse than Aaron Jones. All right, so I'm going to take advantage of the fact that you have this position group done. Give me the three names immediately below Aaron Jones and your running backs. Oh gosh, uh, let me help. quick sort quick sort. I'll give you mine a while while you get that all queued up. Uh, okay. Jamal Williams, Corey Clement, and TJ Logan are my three below. Uh, all middle day three guys, obviously very different styles. I think Logan as a third down back uh, can bring quite a bit of value to a team. Pass catcher was was effective out of the backfield, where Williams and Clement are more of like your early down more powerful guys. Uh, neither one of them, to me, really bring a standout trait. They're solid backs with good size, but uh, again, those are kind of jags in this at this point in the game, and in, in this level of football, uh, just a guy. Uh, there, there's a whole bunch of those guys. Yeah, so my next three, and this is just film score alone, because I haven't, I haven't uh, quantified athleticism, size, production, resume yet. So just on film, the next three guys underneath Aaron Jones, Dario Ogunbowl, God bless it. Oh, Dare <laughs> Ogunbowle. Yeah, that oh. one from Wisconsin. James Conner and Jamal Williams are the next three. Okay, so I have James Conner just above Aaron Jones. Okay, so similar tiers there. Yeah, yeah. Sim- similar tiers, and, and Dare's a little further down for me uh, just because his, his running skills, he, he's like a tear down same version back of tj logan in my opinion you know can i say something about tj logan man i like him a lot i like him Mm -hmm. better than than these guys um got a chance to see him obviously at the pro day um on tuesday and i thought he was electric and and obviously he was a standout at the combine running in the four threes and then uh, at the pro day he he did all the the receiver drills as well with you know, Switzer and Bug Howard. And this guy just has natural receiving skills. He tracks it well vertically as well. And I think he's going to be that, you know, that really dynamic third down running back 
that I think is going to be a steal in this class. He he can move. He's got uh, he's just electric, and and I like his tape. I, I wish he would have got more touches, but that's okay. He probably comes into the the NFL a bit fresher. And uh, you know, if I want a third down back in this class, man, uh, I'm targeting T.J. Logan for sure. Yeah, I remember in October, you and I had started to catch on to oh, you know what, North Carolina's got a lot of really good offensive talent this year. Yeah. And, and yeah. Uh, that Florida State game, that Florida State mm-hmm. game was the game for me. It was like, man, why are they giving Hood all the carries? Because Logan, in my opinion, Logan's a better bat. And yeah. Logan's going to bring more to the table at the NFL level, in my opinion. Uh, so I'm 110% with you there. Uh, and you guys are going to be 110% in with us on Friday because we have a special guest lined up. For the show, we don't want to let that out of the bag just yet, but we will say this: he's one of the top pass rushing prospects in the 2017 NFL Draft. Uh, maybe not anymore, but had been flirted with as a potential first round draft selection. So you guys will just have to tune back and, and check in on the the Twitter accounts and the Facebook page and uh, subscribe to Draft Dudes. That would be a a nice way to keep in touch and make sure you don't miss our next guest appearance on the show. We are really looking forward to having him and asking him about some of his past rushing skills and uh, what he hopes to bring to the next level. So that is what we have lined up for you guys on Friday. And then on Monday, we have another guest on the show. This is one of the top wide receivers in the 2017 NFL Draft. So we promised last week, in the middle of the week, that we might be getting some guests on the show. Well, we got them coming. So we got a couple more queued up after that that we're looking forward to bringing you guys as well. So again, please feel free to subscribe to the show. I am Kyle Crabb signing off with Joe Marino. We will be back on Friday with a special guest. You've reached the High Fashion Hotline. Hi, my family's going to a concert in the park, and we want our style to be the main attraction. Rock over to Old Navy. Old Navy? Yep, right now get up to 50% off jeans from 15 bucks for adults, 10 bucks for kids at Old Navy and OldNavy.com. Up to 50% off jeans for the family? That's music to my ears. Plus, now you can get in and out of the store in a flash with buy online, pick up in store. It's fun, fast, and free. Styles that take center stage and free pick up in store when I buy online? Old Navy, here we come. High Fashion, Old Navy. About 720 to 729, select styles only. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.